0: Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 39, and tonight it's going to be all 70s all the time, because we're getting a double dose of groovalicious goodness from the age of polyester jumpsuits and Coke spoon necklaces. First, we're taking a look at a chiller from 1973, a film that takes us deep inside the secret depths of a British mental hospital, because what's a better place to spend a weekend listening to tales that witness madness? And then, I'm joined by super-author Robert R. Best to discuss Satan's Cheerleaders. Best title ever. But is it a good movie? Only time will tell. And speaking of time, it's time to start the show. If during the course of the program you start to feel ill, don't bother calling a doctor because there ain't no cure for this kind of boogie fever. Let it burn! But wait until after this promo. Okay? Okay. In
1: a world that
2: produces thousands of movies every year, many are terrible. For
0: the movie viewer, these are dark times. From the internet
2: comes a mystical and powerful force. It is called Movie Meltdown Armed with the power of smart-ass comments and reckless abandon, a young group of rebels is the only hope to conquer the forces of evil that would destroy the planet Earth. This summer, experience the magic, the mystery, the adventure of Movie Meltdown. If you dare, look for it at MovieMeltdown.com or come search for it in the iTunes store. Movie
1: Meltdown Coming soon
0: to a listening device near you. Hey everybody, it's great to be back. Great to have you here with me again. So, what's been going on with me? To be perfectly honest, nothing that good. Um, But I'm going to try not to talk about any of that as much as possible. Uh, For those of you who know what's been going on with my sister, the news is bad. It's It's the worst that it could possibly be. And now it's just a matter of time. And it's hard um, because there's a lot of suffering and not a lot of dignity involved in any of this. But anyway, aside from that, things have been pretty quiet. You know, I'm not doing the uh, Ryan case for a couple weeks. And so I've got all this free time, and I haven't been doing much to fill it, unfortunately. Oh, I have quit smoking, though. That's something that I've done. So in in addition to all this, like, stress and misery that's going on, I've added the stress of not smoking on top of it. Much to Mr. Brad's life, but it's been two weeks. And it's been going okay so far, so hooray for me! Hooray for me! Smoking is definitely my coping mechanism. And, uh, it had to stop. Just I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate doing it. I hate finding myself in line at the gas station every two days, beating myself up. And it was time to stop. So I got my patch on. I got my gum going on. I got a bag full of dum-dum lollipops, which got me through the last time I quit. So far, yay for me. Can I tell you what a royal pain in the ass it's been to try to get this episode together and uploaded? Emotionally, it's been difficult to sit down and do this just because of what's going on. It's hard to find the energy and and things like that. And so Friday night, this past Friday night, I finally said, God damn it, you got to sit down and do this. Your listeners deserve it. They're waiting. And mustered up all my gusto and my moxie or whatever else you want to call it, sat down in front of the computer, and the building got hit by lightning. It was this raucous storm raging out that night, and all of a sudden, it was the loudest noise in the world. The whole building shook, and the computer went... Zzzz. Screen like... That's wavy lines, if, if you don't know what that sounds like. But, yeah, so my computer was temporarily fried, and uh, the modem that runs the house, the, the, the router, rather, also fried. However, we've got a Mr. Brad around here, so he's all—he's good that way. So he just tinkered and tinkered and tinkered, and by Saturday, everything was somewhat normal again. He had jerry-rigged some stuff, so I finally started, you know, putting stuff together and this, that, and the other thing. And then yesterday, I sit down, you know, to do some finalization on it, and poof! Earthquake. Yeah, we had an earthquake here in New York. Actually, it was in Virginia, uh, it was in Virginia, but we felt it here, and the router got fried again. <laughs> And I said, God damn it, I had this window of opportunity before the fucking hurricane comes this weekend. You got to get the show up now. Hurricane Irene is coming. I'm sorry, that just sounds like a nasty ant. I mean, if it was Hurricane Irene Cara, that would be something else. Or Irene Ryan. That would be frightening. And if you're old enough to know who I'm, either one of those people are, I'm going to buy you a beer someday. Now It seems like all these forces of nature are like, you will not get this episode out. Stand back, child. Stand back or thou shalt be destroyed. To which I say, no, no, no. And then last night we saw a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, you know, in the kitchen with Mr. Brad and I turned to him to say something and then all of a sudden there was, I I saw a man standing by the fridge. It was just for a flash. It was one second he was there and then all of a sudden he wasn't there. And I turned to Mr. Brad and I said, I... I'm sorry, I think I'm cracking up, but I just, for a second, I could have sworn there was a man standing by the fridge, a man in a hat. And Mr. Brad gets, looks at me with his big eyes and takes a big southern inhale of breath. He's like, I wasn't going to tell you, but I saw him twice already. I said, what? He said, I wasn't going to tell you because you're all going to think I'm crazy. I'm like, I know you're crazy, damn it. So, yeah, we have a ghost. I don't know how I feel about that yet. Shilena wants us to move out of her house. <laughs> Listener is like, you got to get the hell out of there. I'm like, no, we're white people. White people always stick around and will get themselves killed. <laughs> anyway, if I'm dead before this episode comes out, now you'll know why. There's there's a record. It'll be like a, one of those found footage things, but for radio. I was talking to a casting director who was very interested in the show and I convinced him to take a listen and he was very impressed by the whole thing, particularly the segments that I do when Mr. Bradford and I occasionally go to the theater. He put a little seed in my head and I think I'm going to run with it. So what we're uh, been talking about with Mr. Brad doing a sub show every now and then where we go to the theater, we're going to put out a special mini episode about what we saw and the title of the show was going to be, are you ready for this? Drama queens! Mr. Brad came up with that. It was so obvious, and I didn't see it sitting there. I don't know when it's going to start. You know, we haven't, We don't have tickets to see anything uh, anytime soon, but uh, I hope you guys will like it, and if you don't like it, it'll be short, but it might be helping me in my career. Oh, for those of you in the New York area, I'm going to be performing on Sunday, August 28th, with the New York City Gay Men's Chorus at a street fair the Big Apple Performing Art Street Fair, to be precise. And uh, we're going to be on 6th Avenue. I don't have the exact address yet, but uh, we're going to be doing two shows there during the afternoon. For more information, you ought to be following me on Facebook or Twitter. So you can come and see us, because that would be cool. Aside from that, I really don't know what's going on. Uh, Well, I've been seeing a lot of movies in my downtime, playing a lot of Xbox, watching a lot of movies. So let's talk about some of the horror-related things that I saw. First of all, I saw... um, a movie called Four Boxes. Now, I've been waiting for somebody to make a good horror movie about the internet or social media, and it's just not happening. This one had gotten some good acclaim at the film festival circuits, and I thought, maybe this will be it! And it almost is, but then it's not. It, it It's about this group of people, they're um, estate closers, so they go into people's houses after they die, and, you know catalog all of their belongings and then sell it on ebay they find a piece of paper that the guy the dead man had left that said fourboxes.com and they're like, oh my god i can't believe he knows about four boxes i've been watching the site like crazy and the story is that uh this site originally was put up by some hot girl who set up cameras all around her house four of them providing four boxes for you to watch on the computer screen, and it just followed her through her day. You know, she'd do dirty things to the camera and such. And evidently, the story goes that she moved and left the cameras there. But now, someone else has moved in, and this person is crazy, wears gas masks and, you know, boarded up all the windows and does weird things. And so uh, they get sucked into watching this, and it's all tying together with the weird things in this house. It's like serial killer stuff that they're finding in this house, weird, strange things and Puzzling diagrams and coded messages and stuff like that. And for a while, I'm like, this is almost good, but everybody's really obnoxious. But I wasn't seeing how the two things were tying together, you know, the website and what was going on in the house. And I was borderline not caring. Then all of a sudden, there's this shock about an hour in. And all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I'm awake, I'm on board, this is amazing. And then about 20 minutes after that, there is another mind blowing bit of excitement. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my god, my brain! Oh, this is amazing! But then the movie didn't end when it should have. It continued to go on for another segment, which I think was trying to blow our minds yet again, and it just went to the well one too many times. As a result, I cannot recommend this. Sorry! Four boxes, next! And uh, since I was talking about the new Hammer films, what was that, two weeks ago, with Wakewood? I've checked out one of the other ones, which is The Resident with Hilary Swank, and i had heard this one wasn't very good, and you know what? It's not. It's less Hammer and more Lifetime Movie of the Week men are bad film thing. It's Even Christopher Lee is wasted in this. It just kept felt like it was going to be good, and then it just was never delivering anything, and when it delivered, it was like, eh, I, I see this on TV all the time. Who cares? The only thing it had going for it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is an adorable bear of a man. You know, nice scruffy beard, nice hairy chest, and big dreamy brown eyes that look at you so adoringly. Of course, he's crazy as fuck in this, but you know what? He's still cute. And he takes his shirt off. And I said, I wouldn't mind him drugging me and licking my fingers while I'm lying in bed. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Get over yourself, Hillary Swank. Yeah, eh, skip it. And finally, I saw a movie called Yellow Brick Road. One word, Yellow Brick Road. And uh, Mr. Trey had told me he'd seen this too. And this is an odd film. What an odd, intriguing concept of a film they had here. Now, the backstory is that in 1940, all the residents of this little town of Friar, Rhode Island, just got up, all of them, marched out in the woods on this unmarked trail for no reason. And um, it turned out some of them were found frozen to death. Some of them were found brutally murdered. But most of them were just gone. And in the investigation that followed, they discovered that everybody, not only did everybody get up and march off into the woods, but they put on their former wear to do it. Tuxes and tails and gowns and you know white gloves and tiaras, if you will. Let's go out and march in the woods. And no one knows what happened. And now there's a, a book, uh, this this uh, research group that are planning on doing a book on the subject. Take a team out there to walk the trail. And uh, I wish I liked this movie more. It's this descent into madness that is intriguing. There's these little nuggets that they keep tossing, you like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Where are we gonna go with this?" But the problem is, it it, it doesn't really go anywhere, and it kind of wears out its welcome. Because you're like, "I get it. Everybody's crazy. Everybody's crazy. I get it." It's kind of worth a watch if you know that it's not it's not gonna satisfy you or anything. If you want to see some interesting filmmaking, stuff, so I know if, I think it's a first time filmmaker, and I think for first film shows a lot of potential. And maybe this is one of those things when you watch it a second time, you get more of it, but I really didn't feel like watching it a second time. Again, though, there's a nice bear in it. The guy who plays the ranger has, again, you know, he's not you know, big brown eyes, not scruffy beard, little tooth to chest hair sticking out. And his, we had a scene that was one of my favorites, him and this girl who was a local that they took along. Since he's a ranger, he's like, oh, no, no, don't eat these berries. They're very bad. They're dangerous. They're poisonous. Basically, if you eat a lot of them, they're poisonous. But if you eat just a couple... They get you high. So the two of them, after, you know, a week of wandering around the woods like crazy, just get high. And they're just laughing. And it's just funny. It's this moment of levity in this otherwise really grim and depressing film. Which I was, had such high hopes for. Like, one of the things I loved about it is that shortly after going out on the road, they start hearing music in the woods, like 1940s music. And it's always coming from over the next hill. And you can hear the music, and you can hear a singer, but you can't make out any of the words or exactly what the song is. And it's always just over the next hill, and it never stops, for the most part. And that becomes maddening in and of itself. You know, this horrible, there's a horrible murder happening, and the music is still going. And this, you know, in the aftermath of it, this girl just starts screaming. The, the, the intern girl, who's just, just like, just please stop the music. I can't think. Stop the music. Stop the music. And later on, when the music stops, everyone's like, why did the music stop? What's going on? Why did it stop? Where was it coming from? But why did it stop? Are they mad at us? Yellow Brick Road. Check it out if you want to. I can't really recommend it, but, you know, I don't. I want you to see something in it that I didn't see. And if you do, tell me what you saw. Or kick my ass. Regardless. And finally, I went to the theaters to see Final Destination 5. And overall, I was not. I was not thrilled. You know, I figured for some reason, the music video that came out beforehand got my hopes up. Now, I posted it on the website, and if you didn't see it, shame on you, you should be checking it every day. Um, uh, it, it features, it's a song called A New Romance, and it features the entire cast of Final Destination. And But it's got this whole save by the, it's spoofing Save by the Bell and Final Destination at the same time. So it's got this whole, you know, Bayside High, pink and green feel to it, and horrible deaths, and this great sense of humor. And I was, for some reason, expecting that to transfer over to the movie, and it didn't that kind of energy. The energy is not there at all. Just sound. Everything was like this the whole time. And it was just blah, blah, blah. At some points I'm like, I have, have we used this dialogue in all five movies at this point? Cause everyone's delivering it. Like they've delivered this line five times before. It just was blah. I mean, the effects are good, but I just find the whole thing grim and not particularly fun. You know, they were fun, but they're not anymore. And I, if it's your cup of tea, rock on with it. I know like Chiz over at the Night of the Living podcast, he always says, you know, if you took out the soundtrack and you put in a laugh track, you could you could release it as a comedy called The Clumsies. And I get that. But overall, this just didn't. There's a twist at the end that I just found cruel. Like the movies are cruel enough as it is. This twist was just mean. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. But you know what? We got a couple people who called in with opinions on Final Destination 5. So why don't we turn it over to them? Take it away, Zombard. The phone's ringing.
3: Hello, Patrick. It's Zombart calling. Hello, Zombart. I uh, have a quick review for you. I'm going to make, make it fast because you'll probably end up playing it two or three times on your show anyway. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. But uh, Yeah. And but, and play that two or three times and also playing my review for Transylvania Television and uh, the the Puppet Monster Massacre you know at least what? four Shut or up. five times with Just that Just be one. quiet.
0: It's going to be a fantastic
3: episode. I'm so excited. Anyway, um, just thought I'd call in a little uh, jump-the-gun since it's coming out this Friday. Um, I recently went to see uh, Final Destination 5 well, with the Washington the gun anymore, DC but yes. Horror and Sci-Fi group. Um, yeah, we have groups here, too, apparently. I, ju- I just Ooh. found out about it. So uh, Already excited for my free passes, so don't be afraid of the dark. But, <sighs> yeah, I did, I did see that last night. Big crowd full it. of people and critics. Um, and here's what I got to say. If you saw four, if you saw three, if you saw two, if you saw one, then you've seen five.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the it's, same damn
3: movie. Yeah. it's the same plot points. It's you know, it's it's old it's old hat by now. Something blows up, someone has a vision, the kids slowly realize that deaths after them, they slowly realize that there's an order to it. Uh-huh. And they slowly get picked off by all kinds of weird mousetrap deaths. So nothing new at all there. Basically, this series has become what? How, how interesting and quick are the deaths or how, you know, variety, and it really is a game at this point and trying yeah. to figure out how the next person is going to die because they really like to tease you. They'll show you well, the like 20 trailer. different red herrings per death and you say, okay, which one's going to happen? And then they die by something stupid that's unrelated to it kind of thing. Um it's pretty funny. It's, uh, the acting is terrible. The sc- script is worse. Yeah. The effects are basically CG, um, just like the last one. They have like a replay of showing the deaths that happened before, um, yeah. but not doing it with the CGI bone cr- cracking thing. Now they actually so- show like a, a montage of all the deaths, and there's like Filler. bad CGI blood over it. So yeah. There, there's some interesting deaths. If you want to see, you know, the, the teenage grinder, then I would recommend it. The 3D is actually pretty good on it. Lots of things, you know, poking yeah, out of people and like that. flying at the screen. So yeah, go see it for the deaths. I won't spoil any of the deaths in it. Um, the they try to add that. plot in. That's it, stupid. Uh, Tony Todd. It's kind of walking through, like, the boogeyman. He's got yes. nothing to do with the movie. He's gotten his um, paycheck. I'm not got even me. sure why he's in it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he basically pops
3: up and be like, hey. I, I think he's basically Mr. Exposition now. He's like, well, how do we make these kids know what's happening? Oh, Tony Todd will pop up and just say, uh-huh. hey, here's what's happening. Uh-huh. So, whatever. That's a very bad Tony Todd impression. It was more Seinfeldish, But you get my <laughs> gist. Anyway. I hope you and yours are having a good day, and uh, I will speak at you later. Bye.
0: All right, Mr. Zombar, thank you for calling in. As always, uh, you didn't say anything I don't disagree with, or I do disagree with. I don't know. Words are hard today. Yeah, I, I totally agree with the review. It's it's yeah. You know what you're in for. You get exactly what you're expecting. There's no surprises. There's, nor does anybody in the movie look surprised by anything that's happening. Like, oh, there I, somebody just died. And I've seen these people in other things, like some of them anyway. Emma Bell, you know, the blonde, I've seen her in other things and she's great. And she's just like, mu, 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 mu. so I guess they're directed just to be as dead as possible before they actually die so that their deaths look more. I don't know. I got nothing. Why am I talking about this? Um, it looks like Trey also called in with a review of this movie. So let's hear what he's got to say.
2: Hey, Patrick, this is Trey.
0: Hello, Trey. I'm calling
2: in to give my thoughts on Final Destination 5. This is one yes. of the few horror movies been released at the theaters lately. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like I should be embarrassed to say how much of the series, but I'm not. I, I love no, these series. Right. It's like comfort food. They're stupid. They know what they are, but they hit the sweet spot. They just give me exactly what I want. And Part 5, actually, I thought was a pretty good pretty good Final Destination movie. It's okay. the fifth time they've done the same damn story, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, Everyone knows the premise by now, and they in, they added a new little plot twist of how to get off desk design. Yeah, and it was actually did. kind of fun and kind of clever, but I just wish they had done more with that plot Thank plot. you. It didn't really come into play till the very end. And, and not I mean, very it didn't well. do much to make it, this movie feel different than the other ones. No. The death scenes were really good. Um, that's yeah. the one thing. At, at its best, the Final movies have great death scenes. It's like little elements all hovering over the people, and you're not sure how it's going to come into play. And it really drags it out and really makes it suspenseful as to how they're gonna die. And usually when they die it's not in the way you're expecting. And this has a couple of those kind of death scenes. There's a great one with the gymnast. Um,
0: yeah, the deaths that was were just good.
2: kind of all right. And the opening sequence with a, a bridge collapsing was fantastic.
1: Yeah.
3: Great that special was. effect, didn't look
2: overly CGI'd and really juicy and splattery. Um, And it actually had a a really good twist ending also that I I liked a lot. I thought that it really tied in well to one of the earlier Final Destination movies. So I enjoyed that part. On the downside, I was thinking about the first two Final Destination movies and why I liked them so much. And one of the things that I liked about the first two is that they really got under my skin. There was this sense of fate and doom hovering over all the characters. And the idea that you're a spider caught in a web and basically God's going to get you... It's pretty scary, you know. You can't fight up against a guy in a mask in these movies. It's it's an unseen force that's going to kill you, and that's pretty spooky. There's a sense of doom and predestination to all these characters, and the first two movies really used that pretty well. And part three on, be, you know, didn't go for that. It became a big splattery, gory cartoon where yeah. all the characters were just there in order to be killed. And I kind of miss the sense of, I don't know, just. the the ominous feeling and the first you had, but all in all, I really liked this movie. It was a lot of fun. If you're a fan of the series, I think it's one of the better sequels. If you're not a fan, it's not going to make you a convert, but I had a good time. So I will talk to you later. Hope life's treating you well.
0: Bye. Uh, Okay. Thanks for calling Trey. Um, I was going to talk about how, you know, you mentioned the death scenes were great and, and everything. Um, I, I was kind of pissed off because I saw everything in the trailer, but um, I think you hit the nail on the head on, on why I didn't. this didn't really sit that well with me at this time. You mentioned like the encroaching feeling of doom and the inevitability of it, and maybe I just got too much of that in my life right now to in, in, enjoy this kind of thing in a movie because um, I found the whole thing really depressing in the end and um, hopeless. And like I said, there's just too much of that going on right now. Anyway, I don't mean to be bringing the show down, because I think it's time to stop talking about this movie and get into the actual show, yo. Don't you think? Well, too bad, because I think. So, stop you crying, throw out your Kleenex, butch it up, and whip it out. I don't know, let's just go. Woo!
2: girl, where did you go to? that you are
0: So, the first film that we're going to talk about this show is uh, a British import from 1973 called Tales That Witness Madness. And it's another one of these anthology movies that can be so much fun or just so much not fun. Uh, Let's take a listen to the trailer. There's no trailer. There's no trailer? No, apparently there's no trailer for this particular film, which is sad. So, I guess I'll just have to be that more... That much more animated in my description. Jesus Christ, Patrick, if you were any more animated, you'd be in a DreamWorks movie anyway. So the frame story of Tales that Witness Madness is not surprisingly an asylum. Now, there's this you know stuffy old British doctor. I don't know this actor's name, but he was also in Theater of Blood. He was the guy with the anger problems that got the Othello plot device that set to his demise or his downfall or everyone I call it. Anyway, he's visiting this asylum, which is run by Donald Pleasance who's all creepy and weird and, and, and stuff. Is he ever not creepy and weird? Is Donald Pleasance ever played a nice guy? Anything? A like guy next door? Anything? Just curious. I've never seen it if he has. Anyway, he's got some, I don't know, some vaguely defined new vision of madness and its cure. A, de- a definite cure for madness. And he's explaining all this to his friend while he's mixing colored liquids in jars and holding them up and looking at them. So clearly he knows what he's talking about. And in order to prove his point, he's going to show him the four test cases that he had that helped him come to this conclusion. And that forms the, the, uh, the, 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 the basis for the, for the four stories that you're about to see. Now, the first one, in its own way, was my favorite. It's the simplest of them. And in that right, it's the cleanest. But I found it very, very satisfying. <laughs> now, it's about a little boy. And his mom and dad, well, as Bradford said, Why, these people are just horrid. And they are. They fight all the time, and they wear ugly 70s clothing, and they smoke, and they just never they, they They're just miserable people. They're always yelling at him about stuff. And he, the boy, all of a sudden has an imaginary friend, Mr. Tiger. And of course, the parents do not approve. He's too old for imaginary friends. Blah, blah, blah. Let's fight about it. Blah, blah. You know, as time goes on, he's getting more and more demanding about his imaginary friend, you know. It started off, you have to leave the window open so Mr. Tiger can get in. But now he wants bones from the kitchen, like old meat bones, for Mr. Tiger to chew on. And the the mom's getting pissed off because she keeps keeps tripping over slabs of meat that have been left over the floor. She's like, right, I've had it. No more of this. So she decides, nope, tonight we can't. No more Mr. Tiger. It's time to move on. We're leaving the window closed. And Mr. Tiger can come in. He'll be fine. He's a tiger. Well, Mr. Tiger, it turns out, isn't an imaginary. And the parents get ripped apart. I like this one. I mean, you knew exactly where it was going, but that didn't matter. It was fun getting there, because they just, as Bradford said, these people were horrid. Horrid. My only beef, and this is minor, is when the parents are finally getting it in the end, they're sh- they show intercut with them like a face of a real tiger, like it's supposed to be attacking them. I would have been much happier had they just left Mr. Tiger to your imagination, or if he was invisible, or if you never saw anything, just found the body, whatever, they didn't do that, but but they could have, because they had established in other scenes, or the parents would be arguing, and you'd see, you know, a door open and close behind them, or the window open and close behind them, by itself, so you know Mr. Tiger's coming in and out of the house, but you just can't see him, so I would have just preferred not to see him, but like I said, they didn't do that, so I am continuing to talk about it, I don't know, I've had too much caffeine, whew, Mr. Tiger, I liked him, which is more than I could say for the second segment, segment called Penny Farthing. Penny Farthing? Yeah, Penny Farthing. Ugh. This is about this guy who owns um, an antique store, and his aunt or something has died and has left him all these antiques from her house. Included in them is uh, a portrait of their Uncle Albert. And a penny farthing bicycle. Now I didn't know that's what they were called. That's those bicycles that, with the one really huge wheel and one little teeny tiny wheel. You know them? No, I don't even know. I don't even know how this happened. But somehow the bicycle is a time machine or something, and he keeps getting sucked over to the bicycle and he'll ride it, and all of a sudden he's in ye olden times and he's you know courting some woman. It's it's not good. And well, the thing that makes it really not good is that the portrait of Ungar Albert is always standing behind the, the bicycle, and the face changes all the time. And this guy's got this really broad, comic actor face, so it's more funny than anything else. You see his eyebrows like, and in the end, I didn't get it. At the end, I'm like, wait, what just happened? I didn't understand any of this. And it's a shame, because the actress in it playing his wife is Susie Kendall. Now, I mean, you probably don't know who she is, but she's a British actress from the 60s who was just extraordinarily pretty. You might know her from uh, To Sir With Love, with, um, what's his name, Cindy Poitier. But, for genre fans, you'll probably know her from The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, or Torso. You know, she did those giallo films and stuff like that. And she's just wasted here. Poor Susie. Anyway, moving on to the third segment. This one is kind of a perverted hoot. Now, now this one stars Joan Collins. Now, this segment opens with this, her husband walking through the woods, you know, like you do. do, 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 do and he finds this fucked up old tree trunk. And he decides to drag it home with it, with him. And he drags it into the living room on the nice clean white shag carpet because he decides he's going to carve it. I guess he's an artist. He's going to carve it because he sees the figures in and he's like, oh, it's beautiful and this, that, and the other thing. And it'll make a wonderful conversation piece. Of course, Joan Collins is having none of this. You know, first of all, You drag this dirty-ass tree into the living room, and now you're carving it in the living room on top of the aforementioned nice, clean, white shag carpet. Hello. Hello. I'm sure Joan doesn't do housework, but still, that's not the point. And as he's carving it, he discovers that there's there's already a carving in it. The word Mel is carved into the back of the tree. M-E-L. So they decide to call it Mel. And as the story goes on, the husband becomes more and more obsessed with the tree, and Joan Collins becomes less and less enthused about the tree. Now, we also know that the tree is some kind of supernatural thing, because when they're not looking, the tree, the branches will be like... Tickle, 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 You know, moving around and stuff. And also, the more he cars it, the more it looks like a woman. You know, Mel's got some tits, is what I'm saying. it has got a nice rack. And eventually, this all comes to a head. Joan can't take it anymore. She goes against... You know, she goes to attack the tree with a hacksaw. And, well, let's just say she doesn't do well, because in the next scene, the husband comes home from getting rid of what you think is the trunk of the tree. He's like, oh, honey, I'm home. Who in here loves me? And he goes upstairs to the bedroom, and laying in the bed is the tree on the pillow, like where Joan Collins used to be. And it's kind of funny, and it's kind of stupid, but it's, it amused me, possibly just because it was Joan Collins, because at some point, now she's laying on the bed in a little baby doll nightgown. And she's got her hair tied up in this little ribbon with a teeny tiny purple bow on the top. And I'm like, look at her looking all sweet and innocent. And in my head, I thought it would have been great at the end when he walked into the bedroom. And you see that it's the tree in the bed. That the tree would have been wearing the little, you know, baby doll nighty with the little ribbon somehow tied in the branches. That would have made me laugh. But that didn't happen. So, you know, fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck your tree. Fuck everybody. Now, what's interesting here is that during all of this, at some point, Joan Collins has a nightmare about the tree. She's running through the woods, and eventually, she gets raped by the tree. Years before Sam Raimi did that in The Evil Dead. And I was like, whoa, Mel swings both ways. Check that out. And all of a sudden, there are titties in the movie. Because up until this point, there's been no gore, really. There's been no language, there's nothing. And all of a sudden, there's poop titties. And I don't think they're her because, you know, they, they appear to be stunt tits. But regardless, I never knew Joan Collins got, you know, raped by a tree. She never brought that up on 2020 or anything like that or on one of the Barbara Walters interviews. Nothing. And personally, I watched this whole segment. And I kept going, she's going to throw that tree into a fountain at some point. Slap that tree in the face and throw it in the fountain. You're good at that. I've seen you. I've seen you, Joan. And now the final segment involves Kim Novak. Now, Kim Novak, you should know because she was in. Uh, she was the star of Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo, the beautiful Icy Blonde. And in this, she plays, I don't know, she's some kind of businesswoman. I don't think they ever said what she does, but she's got this huge country estate. She's got a potential business partner coming to visit for the weekend. And it's clear, not only does she want to sign this guy as a client, she wants to get a little on the on the on the with this guy. Now, this client, the potential client, he's from somewhere in Polynesia. And his name is Chemo. Yeah, Chemo. I saw that. I'm like, really? Can I get away from the cancer stuff for five minutes? No, apparently not. But anyway, his name is Chemo, And he's into some kind of voodoo, Polynesian voodoo crap. And what this all boils down to, instead of seducing him, this guy winds up seducing her daughter right in front of her, which is leading to some tension in the house. Now, the daughter's supposed to be going away for the weekend to go to France to meet her college friends and stuff. And while she's gone, they're having this big luau party to celebrate this guy signing with whatever business she has. And... It quickly becomes apparent what's going to happen. At some point, the daughter's going to be the pig that's roasted on the beach at the house. And that is what happened. I'm not spoiling anything. It's really obvious. But this segment's fun. So when we go back to the frame story, I don't really understand what happened. It's very convoluted what happened. But basically, uh, uh, Donald Pleasance is is a patient, not the guy who runs the asylum or something. I don't know. I didn't get it didn't really matter. It wasn't about them, it was about the other four stories. A lot of people think this is an amicus film, but it is not. As a matter of fact, I don't remember who it's from, but it's um I don't know, one from one of the major American studios, but it's not an amicus film. Even though it really wants to be. This is not great. This is not great at all. This is no it doesn't even have the cheese factor of uh you know Dr. Terror's House of Horrors or Asylum or one of those amicus films. It's clunky, but the thing I like about it, it's got a fabulous gay sensibility to it. Even the little boy with his little imaginary friend getting revenge on his parents that don't understand him. I'm like, yeah, I can get you there. Uh But later on, I'm sorry, the whole thing with Joan Collins in the tree is just so high camp that it made me so happy. And even the thing with with Kim Novak and this guy is just so gay campy between the moo-moos and the sarongs and the the fake eyelashes and just everything. Girls, I think you'll enjoy this one, but... If you're looking for scares, you're not going to find it here. The thing is, it's odd about this movie is the way that it's promoted. is rated R, which surprised the hell out of me. Uh, Even with the boob, well, up until the tree, like I said, up until the tree rape, all of a sudden, it was very, very, you know, suitable for TV. And even the advertisement, which I'm looking at right now, the poster from the 70s has this woman's screaming head on a platter, you know, filled with, you know, fixins and... The tagline is an orgy of the damned, which seems like it's going to be a much more intense movie than it is. And it is just another one of these comic book movies. So this, I don't get it. There ain't no orgy. I was promised an orgy. goddammit, And all I got was a shitty luau. But aside, uh, aside from Joan uh, Collins, fake boob scene. Well, not her fake boob. Scene, you know what I mean? The not Joan Collins nude scene. Uh, there is some nudity in the last segment too. Uh, her daughter gets naked before she becomes lunch. And she has a very nice butt and we have some side boob. But still, it was all very tame. Anyway, I had a good time watching this. I didn't have a great time watching this. But Mr. Brad and I giggled our way through it. And hopefully that's what you'll do too if you decide to check it out. It is available on Netflix Instant Watch. And um, yeah, what the hell, I recommend it. Tales That Witness Madness. It's so much fun, it's crazy.
2: Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow, and then the days got worse and worse, and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind, and they're coming to take me away, haha! they're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, ha ha, to the funny farm, where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away. You thought it was a joke, and
0: so you laughed. Obsession 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 I want Obsession Obsession. I Fastid Or Obsession Or Obsession, obsession. obsession. obsession.
2: obsession.
0: <laughs> Well, that was melodramatic. Ladies and gentlemen, Dark Obsession. Okay, everybody, while this is not the first installment of Dark Obsessions, this is the first time with an intro track! Yay! Oh, yeah, I've got too much free time. Anyway, now for those of you who've been listening for a while, you'll know that the Dark Obsessions section of the program is normally when I talk about some movie that I've always wanted to see, but for whatever reason, I can't. Um, you know, I used to see the commercials for it when I was a kid, and I spent a lifetime just aching, yearning, burning to see some stupid-ass movie. And now I finally get to see it as an adult and uh, have my wishes fulfilled. This particular dark obsession is a little different just because, well, it's not mine. It's actually the obsession of a friend of the show's who, well, he just called and begged and and pleaded with me to help him track down this movie, which has been in my DVD collection forever. And that, of course, is Satan's Cheerleaders from 1977. Let's take a listen to the trailer, shall we? Movie,
2: we're Satan's Cheerleaders! All the all hockey cheerleaders have a ball! We can show you guys a few things about football. Did you see that? My entire team is going to get racked up by a bunch of cheerleaders! can show anybody a few things about driving. Well, nobody's perfect. Not even Satan's cheerleaders. And we even show how to smear the other team. We're Satan's cheerleaders. We make the others all up. Sometimes the guys show up the thing or two. Oh, I am? That's true. He does score more than anyone else. Hey, besides, coach does like us messing around through a season. Terrific. We're ready to throw a pass and we end up with a guy yeah. who can't even catch the ball. Hey, what's going on here? Well, what do you think you're doing? We're having an orgy. What's it to you? you' Enjoying the fun? You all think you're so smart, don't you? Well, you ain't. You ain't so damn smart after all. You just won't w- wait and see. Somebody's always trying to spoil our thing. that we have a devil of a good time. We will perform the Black Mass, just as in the ancient ritual. You can't mean it. A sacrifice? And I just pick me up some cheerleaders gonna get what's coming to them. Ah! Oh, you, oh my god, I can't. Put him up. Oh, yeah! 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 You promised That's it. Oh, You promised! He's mine! He's mine. When Satan's cheerleaders raise hell. There's a death in pay. You won't believe this. They're gonna kill us. Come on, we gotta get We're out her her of here. Stop you There's no time. they witches. They pray. I know the secret. full moon, killing things. But one thing I'm certain of, she has the power. He's the leader of some kind of crazy devil cult. Holy Father. Close. But not exactly, my dear. Diablo. Destroy her.
1: unsoiled maiden is she the one chosen to be your bride
2: are you kidding man i'm no maiden i've been a cheerleader for three years bring the big one what do you mean big one i got big ones bigger than most is that it thank you you have no power huh? what? What? Uh, uh, base, cheerleaders, we uh, got the power and Satan's cheerleaders get the power. Watch out. You're going to have a devil of a good time. We're rated
0: PG, parental guy. Now, before I bring on my special guest, I just wanted to say, this movie's not for everybody. It's not a good movie, but it's a charming movie, and it's all right if you're in the right frame of mind. Uh, they don't make movies like this anymore in that um, it's a spoof, I think, on those old... um. Well, those naughty sex romps that they just don't make anymore. They were popular in the 70s and 80s, things like joysticks and, I don't know, hard bodies and um, candy-striped nurses and things like that, where you know, it was just a girl next door and horny high school kids getting into these sex sexual hijinks, but for some reason there was an innocence about them, and I guess one of the reasons you can't make movies like this anymore is because, you know, we've had AIDS rampage the world, and... Now sex can kill you, so it's not quite as light and funny as it used to be. And plus, we got the internet, yo. You know, kids have already seen everything by the time they're 11, so a little bit of naughty boob shower peeking isn't really going to cut it. Not going to pack them in the houses like they used to. Porkies will probably not go over very well these days. But that's a shame. That's a, that's darn tootin' shame. And so if you mix that with Satanism, well, gosh Darn golly, you should have a blockbuster, but you don't here. It's not a good movie, like I said, but it's fun if you watch in the right frame of mind. Which means what? Watch it with a queen. Well, enough of my babbling. Let's bring on my special guest, previously recorded. All right, so the movie that we're going to be talking about now is from 1977, a drive-in classic called Satan's Cheerleaders. And you know what? This movie is just well, it's just too much for one person to handle. So, I called in a friend. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mr. Robert our best.
1: Hello everybody. How's everyone doing? We're covering a they, true classic they can't tonight. Hear you.
0: I mean, they can't you forget it. Never mind. I blew my own joke. Oh.
1: oh. They can they can't see me. Yes, right? but they I, they can't
0: you can't hear th- Forget it. Forget oh, it. They, forget they,
1: it. they can't hear me right now. But they will hear me Ladies later. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Robert, our
0: best. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Okay, so we're Your off classic. to a smashing start. Yeah. All right. Now, the interesting thing about Satan's cheerleaders is that Robert begged me for a copy of this. Oh yeah. Begged me. I'm like one of the only people in the world who have this on DVD. It's been it was out and it was gone. It's long out of print. And he was he was oh. jumping up and down when he found out that I ha- when I had it. And I shared it oh, with yeah. him because I'm that nice of a person. So, Robert. Yes? Was it worth it?
1: Uh, yes, it was. Actually, really? as dumb, as truly dumb and really honestly bad as this movie is, I still really enjoyed watching it. You know, you, I don't know if you can really say you enjoy the movie, but you enjoy watching it, if that makes any
0: sense. Yes, it does make sense. I, I, <laughs> I remember it used to be on TV when I was a kid a lot. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I never, I, never, I saw it, I don't remember it much, I kind of remember parts of it, and I know at the drive-in movie near us, it was always the double bill. Oh, wow. It was always the second bill on the double bill, I should say. On the double feature. Mm-hmm. It was always like, Beyond the door, and Satan's cheerleaders. Bury me an angel, and Satan's cheerleaders. I'm like, Do you have another movie? So it was the go-to movie to fill
1: in a gap whenever there was a double feature. But there was always a double feature. Like, it just stayed there. Okay. <laughs>
0: And the, ti- the so title every- the title was just always so enticing.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. It sounds like it's going to be sounds great. It's amazing. Not
0: so much. But- <laughs> <laughs> so I guess um, let's get into the plot. Sure. What there, is, what of there it. is. Well, there actually is.
1: It's a bit of a mess. But, yeah, it's there.
0: There's two whole movies in one going on. Yeah. Yeah. Satan's Cheerleaders starts off as like a typical 70s uh, TNA comedy. That were really common yeah. back then, you know, usually about naughty stewardesses or sexy nurses or candy-stripe yes. nurses. Candy-stripe nurses. That's the title I was trying to think of.
1: I remember watching a lot of those late night on
0: HBO. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. On, uh, yeah. on the Playboy channel, you hit three and nine on the box, and you, like, turn the dial a bit, and you can get it. Static. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. New kids, you know, young kids have no idea what we're talking about. No. Uh, you know, that, old old days. that old box with the giant buttons on it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The thing I find fascinating about this movie is that, particularly in the first half, it feels like there is a soft core porn about to bust out at any moment. Oh,
1: right. Sometimes there is, like when they're shaking their naked butts in the shower and shaking well, they, their naked well, breasts in the shower. you finally get it, it's
0: really tame. But there are several yeah. points of like, okay, here it comes. Yeah. Here it comes. Okay, so anyway, the plot, what there is, it's about these cheerleaders. Right. And, and, you know, the first half, like I said, it's a titty comedy. They're out on the beach with the football team, and they're flirting and everything. And I, this is all such bullshit. It's like, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I believe the football coach is really upset about it. But all he does is really just stand there and go, oh, oh, no, what are you doing? Oh, no, you've got to stop it. But he never does anything. He just stands there. I'm here to make men, Miss Johnson. And when it comes to making
2: men, you can't be the cheerleader. <laughs> well,
0: that's because he wasn't even there. Like, I don't know if you ever noticed, they never you never saw the football coach anywhere near the kids. Oh, my so gosh. He was in on right. a completely different day. The light's yeah. totally different. I, I
1: did not notice that when
0: I watched it yesterday. There's a lot of that in this movie. I don't think John Carradine was on set with anybody, but we'll come back to that. Okay. So anyway, there's this whole first half of the film, they're just getting into wacky teenage hijinks with the rival high school football team who come and TP the school. Mm-hmm. They're showering, and theres yes. but at the school, there is the creepy janitor. Dude. I just
1: I just want to say the showering scenes were okay. They were entertaining.
0: Okay, or... good. good. They were brief.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Even I said, I'm like, that's it? That's it?
1: Yes, they were brief, but...
0: Yeah. What was I saying? The janitor. Oh, the, the, the janitor. You know what my favorite thing about the janitor is? What? His bedazzled work shirts. Did you notice that? Well, that's
1: true. I didn't notice that. I, I mean... Looking back, yes. I didn't pick up on it at the time, but I'm picturing him now.
0: You yes. had your, your standard blue work shirt, but as you looked at it, as he's moving around, you just see these little sparks of glitter on him. I'm like, right. He's well, got a sequin work shirt on. What the fuck? The guy's huge. It's mm-hmm. just very weird. But it turns out he's a Satanist. Indeed. He's part of this sta- <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, I keep
1: derailing you. Sorry. Okay.
0: No, by all means, you're the guest.
1: He's a Satanist, yes, as you can tell by his giant
0: pentagram,
1: even though it's right side up. And for my understanding, that's more of a Wiccan thing.
0: Yeah, that's pe- that's a pentagram. It's not. It, that's a good thing, even though yeah. it did had. I don't know if that was supposed to be the evil eye or like a boob or a jelly bean in the middle. Oh, I don't know that's, what else. that's
1: right. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know. But this whole
0: thing is Yeah, he's wearing this medallion that's kind of like pipe cleaner meets paper mache. It's really high tech, and it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge.
1: There's no way other people at the school did not see it all the time, every day. And he's always fingering it. It's got this little
0: boob on it. He's always <laughs> yeah. it. But anyway, he's obsessed with the cheerleaders because they're, well, they're cheerleaders. They're they're hot, and they're, they're oversexed, and they're mean. Yeah.
2: One of our cheerleaders is in trouble. Oh! <laughs> all for Hawaii, one and one for all. Husky cheerleaders have cheerleaders a ball.
0: You all think you're so smart,
2: don't you? Well, you ain't. You ain't so... Damn smart after all. You
0: just w- w- wait to see.
2: <laughs>
0: because every time they say anything, there's a course of... Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it's one of those weird dubbing things. So like, it goes on for too long, but just repeats itself a couple of times. It's like... Stop it. <laughs> yeah. And he peeks on them in the shower. And, I don't know. It's this whole convoluted thing. Right, Which really goes nowhere. It's Porky's with Satan. Oh. But now you come to the second half of the film. They're going to an away game. And so you know they're all in the car together with the coach. And they get run off the road by the, the bad high schoolers. And wind up in the clutches yes. of the leader of the Satan cult thing. Right.
1: It's implied that the coach has something to do with them getting run off the road. Or at least he's fingering his... I pentagram medallion thing when it's happening, but a janitor. Janitor. Well, what did I say he was? Laura just pointed out I was wrong. He's a janitor. Yes, it was very
0: clear. Here, janitor.
1: Yeah, sorry. What did I say?
0: I'm hearing the voices inside of Robert. Robert's <laughs> in indeed. You are. That
1: was Laura. What was did creepy. I say though? I'm. I, I'm barely paying attention, everybody. I don't that's know what true. you said. I don't know. Which Whatever
0: you said, it was enough to not make me go, you're an idiot. So Oh, okay. Either I'm tired or it wasn't that big He's a deal. Shut up, Laura.
1: <laughs> Aw, you do not tell Laura to shut up. I will drive there, and I will write you a sternly worded letter, sir. And then I will hand it to you, and then I will drive all the way back.
0: <laughs> there is <laughs> such thing was... as a stamp, but
1: okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe in the personal
0: touch. Anyway, okay, that's the right. janitor anyway, I guess. runs him off
1: the road through the power of Satan.
0: Yes. And then um, he conveniently comes along to pick them up. Right. Takes them off in the middle of the desert to the altar.
1: (laughs) Yes, which is kind of comical when you first see it.
0: I (laughs) love the altar makes me laugh because I'm like, let me get this straight. These teenagers, these cheerleaders are going to be sacrificed to a door knocker.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. It's a giant door door knocker strapped to a a tree.
0: goat head thing that's not even securely mounted to this tree, so it's always blowing around in the wind yeah. and stuff. And it's just, it, it's a door knocker! <laughs> yes. <laughs> However, he plans on raping them all. He's like, all five of them.
2: What went on back there? I know those girls can be a handful sometimes. <laughs> handful, yep. <laughs> that's what I did. I got me a handful.
0: What, what do you mean handful? <laughs>
1: Well, the others stand there while they're in a trance.
0: While one Well, that didn't happen clothes. yet. That wasn't part of the plan. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting like, at him. They get off. there, and all of a sudden, everyone goes into trance, and this one girl takes her clothes off, and, and well, she gets it on with Satan.
1: Yeah, basically. He's
0: down on the altar, and he, he's all like, no!
1: She's supposed to be for me! Yep. You just can't trust that Satan. I don't know. And I, Satan's like, shh, shh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Who would have thought you couldn't trust the devil?
0: I know, I know. And he tries to break it up a couple of times, and the first time, Satan's like, stop. Mm-hmm. Like, the screen goes red. And he's like, ah! Tries it again. Satan's like, what did I just say? I just said, stop. Ah! <laughs> screen goes red. Finally, he gives the guy a heart attack, and he dies. Right. The girls all come out of the trench and they're like, oh my god, Patty, why are you naked? And I don't know, they, they just try, they're they trying to find their way home. They run across John Carradine in this completely superfluous cameo appearance. But oh, yeah. I think at this point, he would have appeared in anything. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite part about this particular scene is that they're sitting there talking to John Carroll and they're like, please help us, there. We're lost in the middle of the desert and we can't find our way home. Meanwhile, every time, they show, every time they show the gym teacher sitting in the truck, you can see through the bushes behind them a main highway with cars. Zoom, 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 zoom.
2: They're stupid. I was just admiring your uh, outfit. A little unusual, ain't it? Well, these are our hunting outfits, sir. We always hunt in them. Hunt. I'm afraid you're out of season. No game now. You haven't been game for 30 years, have you, Pop? <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with racing his motor a bit. I don't think his motor can even start, let alone race. <laughs> He's breathing, right?
0: <laughs> but uh, John Carradine, he didn't even have to put his teeth in in this. He was uh, just a hobo on the side of the road.
1: Yeah, who they're just mean to, and that's pretty much the end of that character, I think.
0: Well, yeah, well, he directs them to the sheriff. I guess
1: that's true, but they- Sheriff Sheriff Bub. <laughs> oh, that's right, B.
0: Sheriff Bill,
1: Bill's Bub. Bub, yeah,
0: Bill z Bub. Because you know, there, you know, they, I guess the screenwriters thought that you know people had no grasp on subtlety. <laughs>
1: yeah what? That's very subtle. I don't know what you're talking.
0: Whatsoever, Bill z Bub and his dogs Lucifer and Diablo. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay, we get it, we get it. Satan got it, got it. But it turns out he's not, well, he's the sheriff, but he's the leader of the Satanist cult. Oh, no. And he's decided that he's going to sacrifice the girls to Satan. I have been commanded by the Prince of
1: Darkness. He spoke to me right there at the altar. So tonight, for the first time, we will perform the Black Mass, just as in the ancient ritual.
0: And one of them is supposed to be his bride. They're supposed to find the maiden among them and sacrifice her to the devil. And I mean, what the hell was he thinking?
1: I don't know. Apparently, that's just what you do.
0: I suppose, but I'm like, have you talked to these girls? It's ho, 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 hoey and hoey. so oh, that's true. Is she the
1: princess chosen by the Prince of Darkness to be his bride?
0: Listen, man, I ain't no princess.
1: And that does lead to a kind of funny scene later towards the end, but we'll get
0: to there. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of running around. There's a lot of chanting. A lot of chanting. Yeah. A lot of fucking chanting. And eventually it's time for the sacrifice. But turns out that the girl who had sex with Satan is now in league with him. Yep. She's actually the Uber witch now. And she turned the tables on them. And it turns out that was weird when he was like, oh, this is just pretend. This is a recording. Yeah, what about this that? Is all on a tape recorder. Yeah, I have that? a wind machine off the side. Yeah. What about
1: that? Has he been serious at all this whole time? I mean. I, I don't know. Wife- this is all just a joke.
0: You're being punked but it doesn't matter because uh, during the course of this he raped their coach yes who was in fact the one virgin among them and was Satan's intended bride and you know the other girl like rises up and gets revenge and everybody dies but
2: your earthly powers mean nothing prepare now for your damnation in hell
0: you know what? At the end, she uses her satanic powers to keep the cheer the, the football team in the number one position. You can go on. You will go on. You will go out there and you will win this game. Go.
1: Well, damn. Most likely. Yeah. So finally, at l- in like the last five minutes of the movie, we get the title. What the title has been implying the whole time: a satanic group of cheer cheerleaders. At the end. But up till then, not really. No. Which makes me kind of want to see a terrible sequel to this movie. <laughs> Which really could be Porkies with Satan.
0: Yes. Yes. Um I I don't even know what to say about this movie. birth there's so much that's just funny about it. Like, I mean, first of all, they're the worst cheerleaders ever. Yeah. Ever. Um <laughs> We're the b-
2: Oh,
1: no, it's a terrible, terrible mess. But I kind of have a soft spot for messy,
0: sleazy crap from the 70s. As do I. As Um, do I. Oh, but yeah, I just want to say, like, just in that first scene on the beach alone, there's at least three porn moments about to happen. Yeah. You know, there's the football game. Yeah. There's the chicken match. I love how, like, the rival gang shows up, and they're like, hey, get off our beach. And they're like, no, it's our beach. Yeah. (laughs) they do that old sitcom we're gonna draw a line Get down the yeah. <laughs> across the line and all of a sudden there's gonna be a rumble and the gym teacher steps in she's like hey i told the coach there be no rough housing let's have a chicken fight because that's safe
2: no i'm talking about chicken you know like when the girls sit on the guy's shoulders and you go around in circles on the shoulders that's even a
0: new one for me <laughs> that's much safer than an actual brawl yeah but then the rival team shows up again later on at a, at a, after they TP the school, and there's a water balloon fight. I'm like, here you go. This yes. is where the tops are coming off. <laughs> this is where the tops are coming off. No.
1: Well, no see- not even
0: a wet t-shirt contest. Not even a nipple through a wet t-shirt. Nothing.
1: They kept hinting at that and then backing away so much that I began to wonder if this was made for TV. But then later on, we get a it, shower scene. And here are the tits. Yeah, yes. so apparently not.
0: No, no, I don't understand the movie at all. And I was watching it this time going... this they can't have made this seriously. Well, no. It seems to want to be leaning towards comedy, but is it just because it's bad? Or do they actually think this is funny?
1: That's a good question.
0: I don't know. But I thought Michelle Bachman was amazing in this.
1: Yes, Michelle Bachman. She put, you know, people do not realize that she had a whole acting career before she got into politics. Who knew? Because her job as the cheerleading coach, she does a fantastic job.
0: Yeah. Robert... Twittered me the other night about, hey, Michelle Bachman's great in this movie. What is he talking about? And I, the, the The cheerleading coach does look exactly yes, like does. Michelle Bachman, which is funny because this woman is a moron. She's like this weird, innocent, clueless thing. Yeah. And, and, and on top of it, she's the worst actress ever. And it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so fitting. It's so fitting.
1: Indeed, it is. So people need to go and watch this and then they will have a better understanding of how to vote later. You know, it's just to inform yourself as a voter. I'm not going to get political and say anything in particular. Follow me on Twitter.
0: You'll get a rough idea of where I fall on all that. But also in this movie is Yvonne DiCarlo. Uh, uh, Who's that? Lily Munster. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God, I had no idea. That was Lily Munster. She's the Uh, wife of – she's Mrs. Bub. (laughs) Oh, my God, I had no idea. It certainly was one of her last roles.
1: Well, here's the thing. She seems to be completely serious and seems to actually have some devil powers. So, what's the deal with the I sheriff? don't know. And don't
0: ask for logic, okay. Robert, our best.
1: All right. When suddenly it's like, what? It's a tape recorder. We're just yeah. a bunch of. Mur- murderers in a field and we play a tape while we're doing it. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. She starts
0: to realize that, the, well, that Patty, the girl who had sex with Satan, has there's something wrong with her. She's got something and she's not like the others. There's some kind of power. She's got the power. She's got the power. Stay away. Stay away from me. In the name of Lucifer as his high
2: priestess, I command thee, demon, return to thy dark regions. Get thee away
0: from me. So she's trying to stop everything and she's chanting forever. Yes. Satana, Satana, blessed be. Audi, Precus, Maya, Satana, blessed be. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up. Yes. And eventually, she's calling the dogs mm-hmm. to rip everybody apart. And this is some of my favorite bits, because she's like, Lucifer, Diablo, kill. <laughs> yes. Kill. Lucifer, Diablo,
2: kill. Kill. Kill.
1: kill. Mutilate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kill. And then we get a lengthy scene of Destroyed. them of them chasing the cheerleaders. Lengthy scene. And then the blonde cheerleader who's become the devil lady. She chants for a million years. Yes. And turns then, the dog's back on Amanda Garo. Yes. And then we get another lengthy <laughs> scene of the dogs running back. Uh-huh. And then the dogs get her. That's actually pretty yes, but good. But
0: before scene. they do, but before they do, you have that scene of the room starting to go crazy around her. At the power starts to get turned back on her. Yes. <laughs> and the furniture starts to shake like in a Wednesday night TV movie yeah. in the seventies. Like yes. and I don't know if you noticed there was if you can go back and watch again, there's an eerie desk calendar. Oh, I didn't see that. There's a desk calendar that just keeps it keeps like tilting from side to side. Ding dong no. ding dong. <laughs> then she gets attacked by an eerie fern. <laughs> I didn't see Ooh, this is so scary. <laughs> but I did see the
1: curtains start to twist Not up. The hydrangea. Yeah. The twins. St- the curtain started to twist up, and then when the dogs jumped through the window, I just happened to be looking at it, you can see the stick that's like holding the curtains in place. That wasn't there before. That's holding but them. Why do you gotta ruin things? What do you gotta ruin thing. things? Oh, Why do you gotta sorry, ruin things? Sorry. <laughs> that's holding the thing them is, in that twisted up shape.
0: The What's older that? people in this are all vets. Like like, he, like John Ireland, the guy who played the sheriff, he's got a track record. Like, I, literally, his film credits go on like it would be as tall as me. Uh-huh. Like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of movies and like Oscar winning shit and, and stuff. And wow. of course, I don't have anything in front of me. Truly. I suck. Truly his uh,
1: finest mo- mo- moment.
0: Truly. Was yeah, he, was in, he had a big role in, in uh, what is it? Spartacus. hmm. And every Western ever. Wow. Every Western TV show, every Western movie ever. The guy who played the freaky monk, yes, was an comedy. As was the janitor.
1: Wow, I kind of recognize the janitor.
0: Did we just talk about that monk? What, what was up with that monk? Jesus Christ! Close,
2: but not exactly, my dear.
1: Well, I don't know. There was an interesting backstory with him that they kind of implied, but we never got into. Where I guess uh-huh. at one point he was like a Catholic monk or some sort of monk. Yes, because he kept crossing himself, and the sheriff was like, stop it! <laughs> stop it. <laughs> but they never What went do you know about that.
0: women? Well, yeah. I dream. I dream a lot.
1: That
2: damn woman. Yes, I know what you mean.
1: You, what do you know about women? I'm very well read, and I dream a lot. You what? I dream a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they never went into that more. That was actually more interesting than the plot about the cheerleaders.
0: Yeah, because at this point we had degenerated into so much running back and forth. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, how about the really scary rape scene?
1: Oh, that, where it kind of... In fact, afterwards, it's like it cut away, and then something else happened, and it all got kind of confusing to the point that Laura, who was watching me with it at the time, turned Uh to me and said, did he end up raping her or not? Because I remember being kind of vague. I guess they wanted to leave that to be the big stinger at the end, where it's like, ah, you shouldn't have done that. Why am
0: I... Why am I picturing Laura with her hands on her hips when she says that? Did he rape her or not? Because <laughs> she was, and you're psychic. Because <laughs> I, I, I know my women. Yes. Um. No, but just leading up to that, when he's smacking her in the face, and just the dub dialogue is not changing at all. I mean, he's he's bitch slapping her repeatedly. Yeah. In the face, bang, bang, bang. And she's like, stop that. Let me go. Hey, <laughs> stop it. Quit it. Let me go. Ow, stop it. Quit it. Let me go. Yes. It's really funny. I'm going to teach you a real lesson, teacher. Ah! Yes,
1: again, Michelle Bachman and her finest acting. Ah! Ah!
0: Rape. That's hilarious. Moment. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, this is one of those movies I don't even know if I can recommend this or not. Like, I I told Robert when he watched it to picture all the girls being played by drag queens because that got me through.
1: (laughs) No, I don't know if you need to do that. There's a couple of boob and butt shots that are kind of nice.
0: Well, I realize that. But no, I just there's something in their dialogue that reminds of drag queen dialogue.
1: I can see what you mean by that. Such
0: Such as when they're trying to figure out how to open the trunk and the girl's like, I think there's a motor in here. No, I'm pretty sure there's a motor in here somewhere. Don't these things have motors? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think there's motor. It's just so stupid. Yeah. yeah. How are you calling a maiden? I've been a cheerleader for three years now.
1: Yeah. There, you have to like a certain kind of, you have to, basically you have to like crap from the 70s. And I don't mean crap as just like a generic noun to mean stuff. I mean... Like actual bad things from the seventies. Uh-huh. Things that are poorly made. If you like that, you'll get a kick out of this movie. Which I, I like that, the- so I did get said
0: kick. So, you know. I appreciate the fact that you call them bad things. <laughs> did I actually say it that way? Yes he did. Funny. Yes, he did. Yeah, apparently this guy did tons and tons of movies like this. He did you know the cheerleaders, naughty cheerleaders. Oh, I think Saints cheerleaders. Some called Black Shampoo. You know, I've seen a trailer for that. I've ever seen it. But this director also did one of my favorite movies that was always on HBO in the eighties at night without warning.
1: Wait a minute. That sounds familiar. I don't know if I ever saw it, but I it's know that one, title.
0: It's got the alien that's stalking people through the forest, like throwing these little flying hairy pizzas at them. Oh wait,
1: I've heard of this movie. I haven't seen it. I really land want to on see them it. and suck their blood out. Yeah, that, I know the
0: title, I've heard of it I've got it, I'll show it to you oh, You will awesome. love it, it's that kind of crap yeah. <laughs> It's funny because cool. it's got Jack Palance in it, Martin Landau and uh, David Caruso in it Really young wow. David Caruso So I'm like wow, Oscar winner, Oscar winner yeah, so Emmy kind winner
1: of, Kind of a pre-who's who
0: Uh huh. And it's one of the worst movies ever Wow In the best possible way so We're not here talking about he that, hit- we'll bring it back for that one
1: Will we get a Graydon Clark box set someday? Was, was that his name, the, the director? Yeah, you're good.
0: Yeah. Will
1: we get a box set of him someday, you think?
0: No. I don't know. Oh, you know what? Here's a little who's who in the cast. You might remember this because you're old like me. Betty, if he doesn't know it, you got to back me up here. The girl who played Chris, the dark-haired one, Oh, man,
1: I never – I did not not learn their names. It was just this, what's her name and what's her face? She
0: was the one one that always had a dime in her sock, if that helps. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But she, if you go back and look at her, she, Mm -hmm. her other big credit, well, she was in Happy Days in the episode where Fonzie jumped over the 14 garbage cans and almost died. She was the drum majorette who was crying.
1: Wow. See, I am so old. I know that I used to watch that like after school in the afternoon where they uh-huh. show it on the, the
0: local affiliate of whatever channel it was. That- yeah, I was just looking at our IMDb page. It said Happy Days, Drummer Girl. Wow. It found this big jump and I was like, <gasps> and I had to go look it up on YouTube. I'm like, yes. yeah, that's her. Wow. Look at her. in her descent into complete oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> and obscurity. All right. I think we've said all we got say about Satan's cheerleaders, don't you think?
1: I believe so. There's really not much you can say. I mean, if you sound interested in this kind of thing, then go for it. If not, yes, I'll
0: be peppering sound clips through this.
1: But you know, little bits,
0: of, little bits of dialogue to perk this up a bit. And yes. I, I, and you know, I had to tape that music.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I actually all wanted to find the soundtrack one for this. For yeah. What? I want to find the soundtrack for this. Oh, I thought
0: you said you had it. I was no. going I was gonna get in my car and drive out to you.
1: No, I want to find it.
0: With a carefully worded letter about how you need to give me that soundtrack, yes. and then I would drive back home.
1: I want to find it because that's some cheesy '70s goodness, and I want to track that down.
0: Push back, push it back, way back, push yeah. back, push back, way back. You got to do what now? To do. Yes okay thank you so much for
1: coming on robert our best oh you're welcome thanks for having me i love And this where do
0: people find out more about you and like those books that you keep uh, writing
1: well both books are on amazon you can just look for my name or lakewood memorial and ashton memorial which are books one and two of my zombie trilogy and i am currently writing but very very behind on world memorial i'm still telling people it's going to be the end of the year but I'm starting to have doubts about that. But I'm shooting for the end of the year, at least early 2012 for World Memorial.
0: Fair enough.
1: And you can go to robertrbest.com also. It's all on there.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Are they available on Smashwords by any chance?
1: (laughs) Yes, they are.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I'd heard that somewhere. Get the fuck off my show. Thank you, Robert. Big hugs. Thanks. Before I kick off the uh, listener feedback session, I just wanted to play Zombart's voicemail from last week that I forgot to play. Instead, I played his other really long voicemail twice, and I cannot apologize enough. I cannot apologize enough. I, I know some of you were hospitalized, and um, I sent balloons. No, I didn't. Anyway, this is his call from last week, and my feedback from the time... So, enjoy. Oh, by the way, Zombart called twice more for this particular episode, but both of the movies he's talking about aren't out yet or not widely distributed yet, but they're going to be soon, so I'm saving those calls. Because, really, two is enough. Really? You know, I know it's supposed to be eight, but I'm saying two. Okay, just, shut up, Patrick. Play the call.
3: Hey, Patrick. It's Zombart. I said yes. I was going to call you with a, a good call because my last one was so depressing. Mm. Um... Yeah, so I wanted to make up for it. It was something a little fun. I'm going to talk about uh, puppets. Puppets, puppets, puppets. Okay, so Monster Puppet Party or Puppet puppet Monster Massacre. That's what yes. we're talking about. Um, I also have a copy of this. I think we got it at uh, the same convention. We got it at the Horror Hound. And, um, yeah, I really like this one. It's obvious that the, the group is kind of new. Um, mm. They haven't. I don't know if they've done a lot of puppets before. Some of their puppets are kind of rough, but it it goes away pretty quick. I mean, once you get over, I think you mentioned that they tried to change the color of the felts that they use for the puppets for different Uh lighting changes,
0: and that kind of threw
3: me off. That was distracting.
0: I Um, didn't notice that.
3: The actual story, yeah, you're right. It's hilarious, and it's definitely a group movie. I mean, I I I watched it by myself, and I was chuckling. I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. The the Raimi guy is kind of funny. Um, wasn't as crazy about the penguin as as you are. Well, I, fuck I you. A, Click and all about the mad scientist with the dreadlocks. And yeah, I thought he was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, a good, decent story. Um, it does go to the uh, the fart well a little too often.
0: It does. But
3: you know, it it's it plays with lots of horror kind of stuff, and you know, it looks good I and mean, it helped my attention. And I think I liked the ending a lot. Yes, um, me too. Because it starts off kind of a a slow kind of thing, then it becomes kind of an epic finale. Yeah, I was totally into the epic finale. Uh, I don't want to say anything about
1: it.
0: No, nope. you better not. Out. I will kill it's you.
3: for, you know, monster lover type people out there.
2: And, monster lover. Um,
3: yeah, I, I thought it was really good. So, a thumbs up from the Zombart. Go find it on the website or wherever it is, but get a copy of it. I met the people I met at Whorehound. I talked to them for a long time, and they're they very nice people. And it's like, when I, when I bought the movie, they gave me a bag, and they like, gave me all these things, and so I have like all this mm-hmm. swag from the movie. So, you know, yeah, it's totally worth the price. Um, but now, I want to tell you about the one I'm really excited about. Oh, God. It's, it's been around for a few years, but I uh-huh. haven't been attuned to it. I ran into these guys at the, uh, the uh, Halloween uh, trade show convention up in Valley Forge, and okay. it's, uh, the group is called Transylvanian Television. I think they've been around since 2008 or so, and it is also uh, it's a puppet show, and it's puppets doing a, uh, they own a television station called, you know, Transylvania TV, and Uh they kind of do a uh, kind of sketch show, and you can find this on uh, the internet, Transylvania uh, dash TV dot com, because it started out as a web series, and I think it currently still is. Um, okay but yeah, I really like the show. I haven't been this impressed by kind of like a solo kind of effort since I uh, saw the gooliigan show. The, sh- the show is kind of um, I wouldn't say it's a kids show. It kind of has the simple kind of cute premises um, It definitely gets adult at times. There are things like blowjobs in it and there are, you know it definitely gets adults um, okay but the puppetry is outstanding. Um, and the, the puppets that they've made, are equally as good. I mean, this is, we're talking Sesame Street and a higher level. And when I met, I met one of the creators at this convention, and him and I talked about just Muppets and puppets and things for probably an hour, and we got into a big discussion about Steve, uh, uh, oh, blah, 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 and Steve Whitmire, the uh, guy who took over from Kermit uh, for the new uh, series of Muppets and everything. So, yeah, they know their shit, and they are amazing. Okay. Um you can buy right now, but I think they're on their third season and you can buy the first two seasons off their website. Uh good I will stuff, provide a link. funny, up to date. They make fun of things like uh they have a whole thing about Chris Crocker, uh instead of the leave Britney alone, it's leave the Sasquatch alone type thing. Um uh, well it's not fresh uh, now, but in two thousand eight it was up there.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Um but yeah, really good, really funny, actual uh-huh. funny, not like kids uh-huh. funny or like, uh-huh. oh well they're uh-huh. trying funny.
0: Okay, got but, but it. I was it's last. funny.
3: Very good. Check them out. It, you should be able to watch most of the episodes for free online. Um, but, yeah, there's my plug. Um, so I got to do the other five minutes now. I've been talking really fast. So um, that's it. Uh, I hope everything is going okay. I'm heading up to Indiana pretty soon to uh, take my girlfriend, Danny, uh, to, to meet my uh, parents. And, yeah, everything is good. So I'll talk to you later. Uh, bye, guys. Toodles.
0: Thank you, Zombart. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. That is cool, uh, the Puppet Monster Massacre. And I checked out, uh, while you we were babbling endlessly, I checked out and did a Google search on Transylvania TV. And I did find their website, so I'm going to be checking these out. These do look fun. And for you kids in listener land, it's www.transylvania-tv.com. I will put a link on the website. Le- gonna... <sighs> My tongue hurts from talking this much. I know, you're shocked, right? Well, shut up. Put a cork in it and shut up. That goes for you, too, Zombart. Three calls in one show. Who do you think you are? Me? I mean, seriously, thank you for calling in. And, I, again, I'm glad your case went through, because the last thing I need to think about is Zombart in jail. Being trapped in the cell with Zombart, and he's just blah, 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 blah. I'm like, give me the debt pay Send me to the chair! And put me in the hole and just get me out of here! Nah, I'm just kidding.
2: Hey, Patrick, this is Trey. That's this episode and first thing I want to say is I really love that lightside episode you played. That was really fucking awesome. I, I love the old school horror stuff. It's I grew up on the Tales from the Crypt comic book, so that that really was great. And also it kind of fit in with something else I was meaning to call and talk about, which was and I kinda want your feedback and maybe some listener feedback is I'm not I'm not burning out on the horror, but I'm just it just me or has really not much been done in the last couple of years. I'm just whenever I go to Netflix and look at the new horror movies and watch what's what comes in, I'm just not really enjoying it anymore. And I was kinda of stopping to think about it and I was thinking mm-hmm. that I'm not that you know, I'm not that picky, but when I wanna watch a horror movie, it has to have at least one of two things. And the first thing is I don't want to get bored. I get bored really easily.
0: Okay. And it seems like
2: all the lot of stuff I've been watching lately, I, if I can make it through the whole thing without fast-forwarding, that's, it's, that's something, because it's just wow. boring, yeah. it's not entertaining. And the second thing is, I like movies that have style or atmosphere, and that's why I love horror, is you don't have to have a strong plot if you have a really good spooky atmosphere or True. a True. downbeat, ominous atmosphere, that goes a long way. And I guess two examples of that was, a couple of years ago, Ty West did a movie, House of the Devil. But a girl. Yeah,
0: that was a great movie. Baby
2: sitting in a big old house by herself. And that was pretty much the whole movie. And some people said it was too slow, but I loved it. It it coasted on style, but it really worked for me, and I was never bored. And I get bored. That's got my man in it. And another example would be 1980s Night of the Demons. Um, that's the movie <laughs> where Lene quickly pokes the lipstick in her tip. And I love it. One of the reasons why I love it so much is it's such a great fucking haunted house.
0: I agree. The house
2: in it is. Spooky, it's run down, boards over the windows. And you mentioned, you know, sound in a horror film. And when you when people, also the whole movie, in the background you can hear wind whistling through the trees or whistling mm-hmm. through the, the windows. And it's just such a great, it, the, the movie's got a great mood. It could easily have been crap, but it's it's spooky crap. I mean, the house oh yeah, the, the, the set and, out. and the mood
0: it's, carry it's like a all lot of
2: it. Movies, all the movies I've, done, I've seen recently, they're not ambitious. They don't try... Uh They don't have a sense of style, they're not fun, they're not creepy, they're just boring. They're just by the numbers, no one tries anything, and when I watch something that I do like, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, even in the 80s, you know, I mentioned before, I love, I love crap, I love campy horror movies, you know, like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, or Sordid Fates, and Slybobol-O-Rama. They don't make things like that anymore. They were fun, they knew what they were, but they weren't boring, and... Like when the Hatchet One and Two, my biggest piece with those is how slow they were to get going. It's an hour of setup with not much happening, and then people bumping around and maybe ten minutes of killings, but mm. it was a slog to get to them. And actually, okay. last night I was watching Quarantine Two, Terminal, and mm-hmm. I didn't mean to watch. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't have time to watch the whole thing. I had to go to bed, but I just popped it in just to see what it was going to be about. Steve and I was expecting to hate it, and I got to say, I was actually surprised how much I got into it.
0: I've heard. 45
2: minutes into it, I had to go to bed, you know, partners saying, hey, come to bed. And I actually didn't want to turn it off. It was a fun little movie. It wasn't great, but it got me going. I got interested in it.
3: Ooh, it got Trey going. You Uh...
2: know, 20 minutes into the movie and people are on a plane with infected monster zombie people running around. And I was like, hey, this is a good time. And I haven't had that in a horror movie in a long time. So I kind of wanted to pose a question to y'all is, is it just me or is hollering kind of a slump? I mean, there's there's good stuff out there, but it seems like even the entertaining crap or atmospheric or spooky crap just isn't as... There isn't as much of it out there as I remember there being in the 80s. Yeah. So I'd like to hear your take on it. Um, Talk to you later. Bye.
0: Okay, Trey, this was a great call. Lots of thought-provoking discussion points you brought up here. Um... First of all, I just want to say, Netflix is a lousy place to look for movies. It always has been. Particularly now since they revamped the sites. Once upon a time, you, you, they to, they listed everything that was coming out, like by date, things coming out. like And everything that, they were, that was coming in was on this list. Now, their new arrivals, it's only popular new arrivals. If you read things closely, like, these are popular new arrivals. It's not everything. And that's why it never changes. It's always the same damn movies in the new arrivals. Particularly the genre stuff. Particularly the horror category. So you really have to know what you're looking for in order to find it. And sometimes I'll go to a blockbuster because we still have a few of them left here and just walk through and, and look for titles I haven't heard of and, and you know, find things that way. I uh, don't always find good things, but or, or I browse the um, on demand list on my cable channel. But just surfing through Netflix, it's really hard to find anything worthwhile at all. That much said, absolutely, I know what you mean. So many of these films coming out today, they're, they're cranked out, because nowadays, anybody, any asshole with a video camera can make a movie and get it distributed, it, looked like. it looks like. And a lot of them just seem to be formulaic, make, let's make a quick buck, or let's just get some friends together and make a movie, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't often make for great movie-making, uh, uh, watching experience, rather. And you would think with all these uh, music video directors uh, making movies that things would be really stylized, and maybe they're too stylized in the wrong ways to the fact that they're cold. I don't know. I love the original Night of the Demons. And exactly for the reason why you said, like, that house is fantastic. It feels not only like a great haunted house, it feels like a fun house in a bad way. You know, a carnival fun house gone very, very wrong. The one scene I remember is when uh, Linnea Quigley's standing in the doorway. You know, she's, you know, after the girl finds her you know after she gouged her eyebrow, uh, her boyfriend's eyeballs out she's standing in the in the in the door with her hand over her head going run Judy run see Judy run <laughs> and they show Judy running down the hallway and all the doors are slamming behind her and it's just the angles of the doors are wrong and, and the um the shadows of the of uh, the boards over the windows, you know the light coming through there is just making the angles all crazy. And if you look at Linnea Quigley's shadow in the door it's wrong. Like the, the arms are too long. The legs are too long. There's like spiny things coming out of her. But very subtle things like that. You don't, you don't get that anymore. Hatchet. Okay, I see your point that it was slow to get going. The original for me anyway. I didn't mind it because I was enjoying the characters. I thought they were well-written characters and I thought they were fun. That didn't bore me. But uh, I, know you're, I know what you mean. A lot of times these things are clogged up with angst and backstory. And uh, that, that, that's always my beef. I'm like, I, just, I don't really care about your angsty emotional problems. I don't really care about your relationships. I don't really care about if your boyfriend cheated on you. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You know, have it there. Touch on it, but they like to wallow in it. Look at my screenwriting skills. This is going to be so deep. Fuck deep. I don't want deep. Well, <laughs> well not like that anyway. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, I do like it. Never mind. Never mind. Um. A quarantine too sounds fun I've heard that from a couple of people that it's it's a great movie and a lot more fun than the original from a lot of people something that you might want to check out if you like uh, um, horror on a plane there was a movie from a few years back called flight of the living dead which a lot of people didn't like but I got a kick out of because I found the atmosphere fun and quirky and things like that it's flawed it's got its problems but overall I found it a good silly fun time so you might want to check that out let me know if you like it yeah, and as for the rest of your questions, I'm going to turn that over to the listeners. I'd like to know your opinion. Is Has horror lost its edge? Discuss. Thanks for calling, Trey. Love you.
3: Hey, Patrick, this is El Goro from the Talk Without yeah. Rhythm podcast. Goro. I've just recovered from you plugging me on the last episode.
0: Yeah, well, I got a big Yeah, point.
3: that was, uh, that, that was special.
0: Yeah, just put your head yeah. in the
3: pillow. I don't right for this fucking flirting, sir great episode i definitely enjoyed that uh, audio horror thing that you had going on there Thank lots you. of fun with that and uh have a suggestion or perhaps it's more of a request um mm-hmm. have you given any thought to uh recording one of your own sometime you know do your own audio horror thing i mean yeah. it's not as if you're an actor or anything and it's not as if you probably know plenty of other actors yeah it's just a thought something i think that would be cool i mean yeah whatever give it some thought all right, man, keep up the great work, and I'll talk to you later. Adios.
0: Ciao. I don't know, El Goro, From the amount of you complaining about it. I just found it surprisingly easy to plug you. I mean, it just went right in there. I don't think it was your first time. That's just my opinion, because um, I'm not built for beginners, if you know what I mean. Ew, I can't believe I just said it on my own show. Oh, my God, everybody erased that from your memory banks. Okay, uh, what would you call about? Oh, yeah, I'm glad you liked Murder Castle. That was one of my favorites as a kid. And uh, about recording my own stuff, that's problematic. Because I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild. And the Screen Actors Guild likes to make it impossible for you to work. Ironically enough. Uh, For me to produce something of my own, like, I can do this. This is okay because I'm not acting. I am myself. But once I start doing a character or written dialogue I have to get approval from them and that means mountains of paperwork and that means a huge pain in the ass and and possible fees and stuff and I guess I could get friends together who are non-union and have them do it but what's the fun in that god damn it but the, I do like the idea and it's got wheels spinning in my head wheel in my head keep on turning damn it you're making me think I hate that. Damn you, El Goro. Damn you and your sloppy plug hole. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first I have managed to gross myself out on the air. Whew, which means it is time to wrap this bitch up for another week. So if you want to be like all these cool people who called in and Zombart, you can reach me. At 347-767-3509. You can write me at crew at scrimqueens.com. And that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. And pretty soon, you're going to be able to join the forums at palaver.com. More info on this to follow. So I don't have any homework for next week because I have no idea what I'm doing next week. Or I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I, 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 I'm... Flying by the seat of my sexy pants. Although Mr. Bradford and I are thinking about taking a road trip, we don't know where we're going yet, so you better be following me on Facebook and Twitter because we might be passing through your area. We probably won't stop to visit you, but we probably would like to drive by and, like, hurl obscenities from a speeding car because that's the way we roll. Maybe some french fries. We could throw french fries. We're good like that. So until next time, continue to make the world a creepier place and remember, as my grandmama used to say,
2: Summer breeze makes me feel fine. But Summer's Eve,
0: that's a douche. Five. I got hunting for witches. Head some calories to roll. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs> uh, it was overwhelming. That's Laura I like says more. hi. Who? Laura. Who? Who is this now? Who Laura. Is this
1: She's sitting here. You want to talk to her? Hold on. Talk to Laura. I gotta go get three beers. three beers. Sorry. Be so <laughs> Tell him I
0: had to have three beers to become entertaining. No wonder he's so chatty. <laughs> Whoa, I'm
1: dizzy.
2: Are he's,
0: you? Cha- he's chatty drunk.
2: He is. Don't
0: step on the cat. What did What did he say? He was
2: one. You're a chatty
0: drunk. <laughs> no.
1: Who said I was drunk?
0: <laughs> I didn't say you were drunk now. I just meant in general.
1: I had... Several beers to prepare for the show,
0: so there wouldn't be long awkward pauses. Okay. Uh uh-huh. Did you hear what he said? I heard it all. I can hear him tinkling.
1: Okay. Patrick, I'm going pee. Go down the hall. Don't pee in the hallway.
0: I hope he knows that I'm still recording. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Shh! Don't tell him. Because okay. <laughs> he's scoring like an. on the 10 kilometer, (laughs) or the 10 kilometer, if you prefer.